Welcome to day four of our look together through Revelation chapter six. It is a chapter as we're walking through it together that has some truths that are hard to hear. Some truths that honestly I, probably you, would rather ignore. But I'm so glad God tells me the truth. And I am, uh, I am glad that he comforts me with the fact that he's in control, he's with me in the midst of even these kind of events. We're walking through these different seals, and as we come to the fifth seal, we pass through the four horsemen of the apocalypse and get to a different description. Verses 9 to 11, listen to what happens. And then he opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been, was completed. Well, what is this seal about? This fifth seal has the martyrs asking a question, how long? But as I read these verses, it brings up a lot of questions for us too. So let's just go through the questions that you might have about what's happening with this fifth seal. First of all, who are these people? These martyrs. These are people described who have lost their lives because of their testimony. I believe that it is martyrs, people who have been killed for their faith of all ages, not just those who have lost their lives during the tribulation, but all believers of all ages who have given their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that's just a supposition based on the broad description that's here. It's going to be who God wants there, obviously. And some people think that it is focused on those who lose their lives during this time of tribulation. Whoever they are, they're people who have made the ultimate sacrifice. They have given their life because they love Jesus Christ, literally given their life. You may know that the Greek word for witnessing, martyrios, is the word that we translate, transliterate into the word martyr today. There is a sense in every time that I witness that I'm giving my life for Jesus Christ. I'm risking my life by sharing my faith. That person might reject me. That person may not want to work with me. That person may judge me simply because I've shared my faith with them. But there's also an ultimate sense in which some people, beginning with the first martyr, Stephen, have given their life because other people have persecuted them for their faith. And here we see these people being honored. They're under the altar. What does that mean? What altar are they under? Well, there are two choices if you're talking about the temple, and this is a picture of the temple of God. There were two altars there. There was the altar of incense and the altar of sacrifice. Whichever one it would be, they both have great pictures behind them. The altar of sacrifice, they're not the sacrifice, obviously, Jesus is. Under this altar, they're protected by the altar of sacrifice, by the gift of what Jesus has given for them. Also, there's an expression of them being willing to suffer as Jesus suffered. They're suffering under the suffering of Jesus. I love that picture. In fact, it says here that they had been slain because of the word of God. Not just martyred, but slain. That is the Greek word, the sacrificial term for the slaughter of animals when they were sacrificed. These people who gave their life for Christ, they're doing it because he has given his life for us. That's an incredible picture. If it's the altar of incense, there's also an awesome picture. It's the picture of the prayers of the saints that have gone up again and again for the vindication of these martyrs of Christ. When you prayed for someone who was suffering for their faith, when you prayed for someone who might be facing a loss of their very life because they're suffering for their faith in another country today, and they do lose their life, 
they're still under this altar of all those prayers that were prayed for them. I'm not sure exactly which altar they're under, but both of them express the fact that God loves these people as he loves you. He loves them for their faith in him through any and every circumstance. Now, as we continue to walk through these verses, another question that comes up for many is, why are they asking the question they ask? They say, how long, Lord, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth? Why do they care about how long? They're with Jesus already. Why in the world should they care? And then other people ask, I I thought in heaven there was no time. If there's no sense of time in heaven, why would anybody ask how long in heaven? Well, first, it is not true that there's no sense of time at all in heaven. We see many times in the book of Revelation, there is a sense of time in heaven. No doubt about that. It's just that the sense of time in heaven is different from the sense of time on earth. So if you've heard there's no time in heaven, I don't believe that the Bible teaches that. I think you'll see that as we walk through the book of Revelation. But I do believe that time in heaven and on earth are very different things, that God has a different timing than we'd ever have. But then the question still comes, why are they concerned? Why do they care how long? And these verses tell us, they give us the answer, they want their blood to be avenged. How long until you judge the inhabitants of the earth? How long till you avenge their blood? And that brings up the number one question I hear people asking about this verse. Our research team, this was the number one question they asked. Why in the world would these martyrs, these people who love Jesus Christ, want vengeance? God's not a God of vengeance. He tells us not to take vengeance. Why would they be asking for some kind of vengeance? You need to understand the heart, the attitude that's behind this. They call upon God to be the judge. They call upon God to be the one who avenges. What they're calling for here is not some human form of vengeance. What they're calling for here is justice. They're saying, when will justice be done? Isn't that your question? Isn't that the question every one of us have? And here are these Christian martyrs in heaven. They're still asking this question, when will justice be done? This is a question that in a very small way, parents have when one of their children gets judged at school, misjudged at school. When is it going to be made right? How can I go to that teacher? How can I go to that parent and make this right? When will justice be done? When will this be seen for what it really is? We live in a world today where those who live only for themselves, those who live only for celebrity, they get splashed across the biggest newspaper headlines. They get in all the magazines. They get the jets and the big islands and the big vacations and the millions of dollars. And those who give their lives for Jesus Christ, never in a newspaper, never in a headline, never noticed. That's not justice. That's not right. That's upside down. And every one of us knows that. And so they are asking, when will justice be done? In an eternal sense, when will justice be done? Every one of us wants justice. Every time you've seen someone take advantage of someone else in your place of work and their lack of integrity has allowed them to get a job or to take advantage of someone, your heart cries out, when will justice be done? Every time you look at world events, what's happening in world history, and you see some dictator taking advantage of his or her people in such a way that they're starving well this dictator is becoming rich, your heart cries out, when will justice be done? Every time you look at the events of world history and you see uh, Hitler or Mussolini who at the end lost their lives, but 
justice wasn't done for all the atrocities that they committed. Your heart cries out, when will justice be done? That's what the heart of these martyrs was crying out. How long? When will justice be done? And God had an answer. First, he gave them a white robe to help them to recognize who they are. We've been made holy in Jesus Christ. We are new. We are fresh people in him. And then he said, you're going to wait a little longer. And he says, I want you to wait. Here's how long you're going to wait until the number of your fellow servants and brothers who are to be killed has been completed. Was that justice? Is God just waiting for more martyrs to come? That's not the idea here. Martyrs come out of the fact that we are a witness. And every time a witness is given, an opportunity is given for someone to come to Christ. So I read this not as more martyrs. I read this as the result of more martyrs. The first martyr, that man by the name of Stephen, there was an apostle by the name, an eventual apostle by the name of Paul. Saul, he was named at the time, who watched Stephen give his life. And that was one of the witnesses in his life that brought Paul to faith in Jesus Christ. So when I hear about martyrs giving their lives, I also hear about people giving their hearts to Jesus Christ. Why does God wait? Why hasn't this world ended already? Because God is patient. He is patient, waiting for more people to come to faith. So God says to these martyrs, I'm waiting for justice to be done because there's still more to be brought into the family of God. Now, as we think about that today, as we pray about that today, you might just pray for somebody that you know that needs to cross that line. If you're like me, it's easier to focus on justice, what's been done that's wrong to me. Pray, God, please make it right. Let people see what's right. But what about praying about the witness? Praying that God would use you, even if you've been put in an unjust situation, to be a witness. These martyrs were unjustly killed, but God used that to bring people to him. How could God use your situation? Who do you need to be praying for right now in that situation? God, bring my friend, bring my family member. Bring them to come to know you as they see Christ in me, even through this. I need you. I need to trust you through this. And let people see Christ in me, I pray. In your name, Jesus, amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to look together at the sixth sign. Mm -hmm.